Hi, Eric Bailey alongside Eli Letterman. It's Nebraska week for the Sooners. Uh, looking forward to this game. Eli, we, we spent a couple days in Norman just talking to players, talking to coaches. A lot of news going on up in Lincoln. You know, we knew this was going to be a big game, kind of a litmus test game for the Sooners when we looked at the schedule before the year started. Uh, it still is that kind of game, but just a totally different, just totally different direction right now, I guess, with the coaching change up in Nebraska. Well, Eric, I'll take us back to Saturday night. OU's wrapping up Kent State, and we see this Nebraska game is close. And I was texting with a beat writer in Lincoln saying something to the effect of, are we going to see Scott Frost next weekend? And he said, I'm pretty confident you will, no matter what happens here. Nebraska loses Georgia Southern. Not even 24 hours later, Scott Frost is out. Uh, and so he won't be there. We'll be seeing Mickey Joseph, interim head coach. But I, what did you make of that? I mean, a school that could have waited two weeks and saved seven and a half million dollars, just cutting cutting bait right there. That's a lot of money. Yeah, you're exactly right. But then again, they they really painted themselves into this corner when you think about it, because this is a change they could have made after last season. I mean, I, you, you never know what's going to happen, but the buyout's what it is. Uh, and now they've lost traction basically on this whole season. You know, who knows, though? Mickey Joseph might turn things around. You know, this is his alma mater. It's probably a dream job for him. So we'll see how everything goes under him. But, man, you're, you're fighting an uphill battle when you're already one and two. You got Oklahoma coming into town. It, it's tough seeing Nebraska in this situation because they've always been such a proud football program. And, you know, from the Oklahoma-Nebraska uh, days back in the, the Big Eight days, it, it was just these two teams were the teams. So uh, interesting stat that I, I was able to figure out. John Blake, who Oklahoma fans remember 12 and 22 uh, during his three seasons at OU, had a, had a better overall winning percentage than Scott Frost, which is really strange. And it kind of puts things in perspective for Oklahoma fans who look at John Blake, who struggled so much. Nebraska fans are living your life right now with Scott Frost. Uh, he, Scott Frost didn't win as many games as John Blake. That's just some really interesting perspective when you think about it. And one more note, I guess, on the buy buyout end. I mean, we're, there's no kidding around that $7.5 million is an absurd sum of money. I would kill Eric to be a college football <laughs> coach. I, I would win no games, just pay me my buyout, and I will leave, no problem. But I, I, I'll give, I guess, Nebraska and Trev Alberts and mo most likely the boosters in Lincoln some credit for it, it was pretty – it was maybe clear even before the season Scott Frost was not going to be it. It's certainly clear three games in, and at that point, to salvage whatever's left of this season, it's probably a, a fair thing to the players. And, and if you know it's, it's, it's hit its end, at least cut it off. But it's a lot of money. But it's now set up this kind of interesting week where there's the, the rivalry end of, of, and the history of OU Nebraska. I mean, you talk about Nebraska's heyday. Eric, I was born in 1998. That's a, a year after Nebraska's last uh, national title. So I hardly, hardly know of, of the powerhouse days. Marvin Mims, I was talking to him after the game Saturday night. He was born five years after that in 2002. Um, and so there's, there's a kind of a cutoff date generationally of, of what people know Nebraska as. But there's no doubting the, the, the rivalry here. But it's also the first road game for the Sooners. And that's its, its own kind of element uh, to this week. You know, I didn't listen to anything after you said what year you were born. That hurt. <laughs> that hurt. No, <laughs> um, no, and, and you're right. The rivalry perspective, and I'm writing about this, this for Saturday's newspaper and online this week, is uh, you know, this is a great series. This is, goes back to 80s, the 80s, the 70s, the game of the century in 1971. Uh, my focus for this week, my, my story is going to be on the 86 and 87 games. Oklahoma had a uh, – both teams were top five. Oklahoma had a – 
uh, scheduling, there was a scheduling thing where OU had to go to Lincoln two years in a row. And OU went up there and won both years. They won 20 to 17 with a remarkable comeback on in 86, uh, 10 points in the last two minutes to take the lead. And then in 1987, they went up there and just dominated and won 17 to seven. I've got a chance, I've had a chance to talk to a lot of the people, the players in those games. And it was a lot of fun talking to those older players. They're just reliving history. And uh, Sooner Magic, we hear that term all the time. I tell you that 86 game was full of Sooner Magic. Uh, you know, growing up, I watched college football like a lot of other kids in Oklahoma. And those were the games we always waited to see. Uh, I'm looking forward as a, as a sports writer to go to Lincoln, Nebraska. I've never been to Lincoln for a football game. So I'm excited about the opportunity to go somewhere where I grew up watching, you know, OU really battle Nebraska and Lincoln and going on that field and being in that stadium. I'm really looking forward to it. When we look at this game, you know, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, we don't know what Mickey Joseph, what the turnaround is going to be like. Oklahoma, the, the line's anywhere from a 17-point favorite down to an 11-point favorite. I think we do agree that Oklahoma is going to be favored going into this game, but there's a lot of question marks because it is the first road game, uh, and we've had a chance to talk to players and coaches. You know, I think you kind of just tell what you're, we're hearing from them, what they're saying about this first road game. Yeah, I mean, they're not taking Nebraska lightly by any stretch, and I don't think you're ever – they didn't take UTEP or Kent State lightly. I don't think that's ever going to be the attitude of this program, if it ever was, but not under Brent Venables and this staff. They're not letting these guys look past anybody. But the fact is Nebraska has some weapons. I mean, we, we know what Casey Thompson can do to an Oklahoma defense. We saw it last fall at, at, in the, at the Cotton Bowl, and, and they've put up plenty of points offensively. They, they haven't stopped a lot on defense. But they're, you know, you, you take Casey Thompson, veteran, talented quarterback, you take maybe whatever balance they get. I'm sure it's going to be rocking. I mean, we know there's going to be 90,000 people there in Lincoln. So it, there's all the elements here that this could be uh, a really challenging opponent. But the other end of this that they've talked a lot about this week is just this is the first away game of the, the Venables era and first away game of, of this season where they're going to have to go somewhere now and do everything they've done and do everything they've talked about and have gotten to do it in the comfort of the home. The LED lights were really nice on Saturday night. But this is going to be hostile, and we know they're taking even that part seriously because we were waiting for practice to end yesterday, and we start hearing them, them pumping in crowd noise, and Reggie Grimes was talking about it afterward. I think no, he, he couldn't be sure which Super Bowl, but it's it's uh, it's this, this, the crowd feed from some Super Bowl that the Rams played in uh, that they've been using on the practice field, and, and they're preparing for a hostile environment. And I think, you know, when you consider that there's some some newcomers from uh, who came maybe from group of five schools, you consider the fact that there's freshmen and, and young guys contributing right now for the Sooners. This is going to be um, a road test and something new for them. Uh, the other thing I can say from Reggie Grimes to Dylan Gabriel to Danny Stutzman, some of the older guys, the veterans, they relish going somewhere like this yeah. uh, for, for Reggie. He was and he's got a lot of ties at Nebraska. Uh, on his mom's side of the family, but he's excited to play in this. This is what he said uh, for the love of the game. It's what you do it for. So it's an exciting place for them to be going, but it's certainly going to be that first road test too. You know, for Nebraska too, I really think they're going to be running on a lot of adrenaline. I mean, this is the game on the schedule that they've been looking forward, forward to OU's first visit there since I think 09 maybe. Um, so I, I just think it's one of those things where Nebraska fans are excited about the coaching change. I think the players are going to be re-energized and, and it's not often you get a, 
you know, you get a chance to play an old rival. So I think that's huge. Um, you mentioned Reggie Grimes, man. What a start that young man's having. You know, he, he has four sacks this year, which ranks third nationally. He's really embraced this uh, Venables coaching style. And and I think he's going to be someone we're going to have to really keep an eye on as, you know, moving forward. I think he's really turned into a weapon for the Sooners. I think so. I mean, he's he's playing the best football of his career at the right time. And, um, uh, you know, he he spoke yesterday, and I'm going to write something about him today. So you'll be able to read about this in the Tulsa world. It's it's Wednesday. When you wake up tomorrow, it'll be in the paper. Uh, he's the way he's put it, you know, his, the confidence he's gained, the way he's playing differently. He said it's all about feeling fully himself. Um, and I, I don't think he's ever felt more comfortable, more supported, more of a leader, more comfortable in his own role, I think, with the Sooners than he is now. And he's crediting that to what he's doing on the field. And, and to your point, I mean, that's given the Sooners a real weapon up front. You've got him, uh, Ethan Downs on the other side as, as two guys who are not only contributing, but also emerging as leaders. Um, within this team and I got to talk to Ethan a bit they're they're both on the leadership council with the football program those two are also on the leadership program uh, council for FCA fellowship of Christian athletes and and so they've really bonded away from the field there's a really cool story of how Reggie got his uh, sack celebration which we've now seen four times uh, that dates back to this summer all that'll be in the story but he he really is coming on at the right time and then I, I mentioned those Nebraska ties his mother uh, and and her siblings, they were all star athletes from Omaha. They all went to Nebraska. They all won uh, conference titles as track stars there in the Big Eight. His mother was, if not the very first, one of the first uh, black cheerleaders at Nebraska. So there's a lot of really interesting ties. The Grimes family will be there this weekend. And again, it, all that's coinciding with him becoming a, a true weapon on defense for the Sooners. You know, Oklahoma defensively, uh, going into this game, they're going to face probably the most athletic quarterback they've seen this season. Uh, Casey Thompson, just his mobility is going to really stress this defense. It's going to be interesting to see how they attack and try to keep him under range. And he's throwing the ball really well. He's spinning it well. I think he, you know, on that offense, he's playing really well. Uh, like you said, the defense is getting up a lot of points. But I really am excited to see Casey Thompson. It's just strange for a quarterback to wear two different rival uniforms in back-to-back -back years against Oklahoma. Of course, he was at Texas last year. Now he's starting against Nebraska. I had a chance to talk to Charles Thompson this week, his father. And his father uh, said he's going to be cheering for for uh, for Casey. I mean, is it blood is thicker than water, he said. He said, I love OU. I'm always fooling for the Crimson and Cream. But, you know, this is important. You know, I want my son to have a good game. I also asked Charles, you know, I said, what's, what do you think, how do you think Casey will attack this week with the coaching change and being a leader on that team? And he thinks Casey's going to be focused. He seems to have a tunnel vision on the Sooners. So, uh, he, you know, Charles Thompson, he, he's a guy that in the night, we talked about that 1987 game. He was the one that was the quarterback in that 17-7 win over top-ranked Nebraska. So uh, it's an exciting time for the Thompson family. I just think that's going to be key as how this Oklahoma defense is able to really try to keep him under control. Well, one more on Casey. I mean, the ties all over this game are incredible. And obviously, OU Nebraska, you got, you know, Brent Venables and his history with this robbery. Mickey Joseph has a, a real, you know, pinpoint in that history, the injury he suffered against OU. Wow. Uh, effectively, I think, altered his, his the rest of his career. But Casey Thompson, uh, he could have been a Sooner, as far <laughs> as, according to Brent Venables, who yesterday he just volunteered that, that, in the offseason, when the Sooners were looking for a quarterback before they landed Dylan Gabriel, they made a pitch to Casey Thompson. And, uh, you know, I, from the way Brent talked about it, he felt pretty confident 
And, and boy, what a story that would have been, not just the Charles Thompson ties, but uh, Longhorn to Sooner. That, that would have been a whole deal. But as, as you put it, he found another OU rival to play for, and it, it adds an element this weekend. Uh, but on the field, it he, he is the element for Nebraska. He can he can do a lot. I mean, he's physical. He's athletic. He's that dual threat quarterback. I think, you know, Brent Venables made some comparisons to Tommy Frazier and uh, Vince Young yesterday, even Brad Smith. I was thrilled to get to see that one. <laughs> Little Mizzou plug, but uh, and, and some fine company for Brad Smith there. But he a, a week ago, the Sooners struggled to wrap up Colin Schley. They called him slippery, the Kent State quarterback. And this is kind of that same style they're going to see this week. And I think, you know, if, if the Huskers really do get that balance, if the place is, is rocking and they can test the Sooners, it's probably going to have something to do with Casey Thompson doing his thing. You know, it's interesting, too, because uh, the former coach at Oklahoma probably wouldn't admit that he lost out on a quarterback. But Brent Venables, unsolicited, <laughs> said we wanted him. We didn't get him. So I thought that was really, you know, he wouldn't he wasn't ashamed to say that, especially against a quarterback he's going to compete against. We look at Oklahoma's offense now, you know, there were some murmurs in the stadium in the 33-3 win over Kent State in the first half. I mean, it was a struggle starting off, and, and you knew there were going to be times of growing pains, but I don't think anyone expected it at home against Kent State. You know, you know, Oklahoma didn't score until the final minute of the, of the half, before the first half, and you know, we look at it, looking back in hindsight, we saw how much Oklahoma was trying to force feed the run. Uh, you know, 13 rushes for only seven yards in the first half. Um, we got, and then they opened things up, passing the ball in the second half and, and, and rolled, rolled after that point. But Jeff Lemby said something interesting this week, Eli. He said that he, he, he admits he was being a little stubborn. He was trying to run the ball probably more than they needed to. And, uh, but in the same vein, they really need to be able to run the football because they're going to face more talented defenses. You know, they're going to face Baylor. They're going to face Kansas State in a couple of weeks. They're going to have to really figure out something to do to establish that run game. Uh, you really hate to see the pass game open up the run game. That's what it did. You'd love for the run game to open up the pass game. So we'll see what happens this Saturday. I think a big key element of this also is the return of Wanya Morris. Uh, is he going to be in that starting lineup? I don't know. We'll see. But Wanya Morris is going to be available this week. Yeah, I mean, on, on that front, the way Brent has spoken about him has been interesting. And while he's been out and you know, the program, Brent Venables, they've not acknowledged anything other than an off-field issue. So we don't know exactly what it was that, that kept Wanya off the field for the first few weeks. But across that whole time frame, we've been asking when's Wanya going to return. Brent Venables is, has not only, uh, you know, said he's going to, that's his starting spot on the line. But yesterday, most, inter most interestingly to me, you know, said if he's rusty, it's not because he hasn't been working. It's going to be jitters. It's going to be this because he's been practicing. Uh, even while missing these games. And so I, I think at least in, in the way Brent Venables has spoken about it, he's almost put the pressure on Wanye that if he is slotted back in, he's got to look like that guy. And a, another source of pressure there would just be Tyler Guyton, who in, in Wanye Morris's absence um, filled in just fine. So there's a, that's good competition. That's what if you're an OU fan you'd want on the offensive line rather than, you know, probably some other programs around the country who are just trying to cobble together five dudes who can block right now. Uh, so that's important. But on the, the, the running thing, you know, it's it's interesting. They they kept they basically ran into a wall in the first half uh, against Kent State. And I've, I've found interesting that Jeff Levy has kind of each both weeks come away from from Saturday saying, you know, essentially saying the same thing about the flow of the game and understanding it. And maybe not, you know, he, after week one, it was the the speed. After week two, it was maybe I was too committed to the run. But he's he's seemingly learned. Um I think they're going to get a decent run game elixir this week. 
both games Nebraska has lost, they've given up over 200 rushing yards. So this might be the week for Eric Gray and Marcus Major to, to get theirs even more than they already have. Uh, but but to your point, you're right. They've got to be able to run the ball better if they're going to compete once once Big Big 12 play begins. Wanye, uh, right tackle, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Oklahoma switched those guys around and Tyler Guyton and, and Anton Harrison, they were playing, you know, one played right, one played left. They flip-flopped the next game. I think they were trying to figure out that puzzle. And another thing interesting about Wanye is he worked out with the scout team. He wasn't working, getting reps with the ones mm-hmm. and twos. He was with the scout team too. So Brent said that really helped him going against Oklahoma's top defensive ends from as a, from a scout team perspective. So I know one player doesn't make an offensive line, but we'll see how that the improvement comes. Uh, you know, I think a key, and you mentioned this before we started recording, uh, time of possession. That's really, really, you know, Oklahoma just, they haven't had the football often. The defense has been on the field a lot in these first two games. Do you think things will kind of average out a little more as the season progresses? I mean, a part, I think there's a, a, it's a question that hangs over them until we get to December, but like, does it have to? Because I think they're committed. It doesn't have to balance out because OU is committed to, to playing fast, not having much of the ball. I mean, the stat we're talking about, they're 130th out of 131 programs. Only SMU has had less of the football uh, to open this season. And, and we knew, we kind of knew that. That's by design. Um, the question is, can the defense hold up playing that way for 12 games? And and can they get away with it? Um, and it, maybe it's it, it was UTEP and it was Kent State, but it speaks even more uh, to some of the numbers the defense is putting up uh, and the success they've had that they have been on the field as much as they have. Uh, but I mean, they might have to find a balance, and I think that's part of what Jeff Levy keeps talking about. Is And, and maybe they came out running the ball because they wanted to control the ball a bit more, and it just didn't work out against Kent State. But they probably got to get somewhere, but it would run against everything they've spoken about so far for this offense to, to slow down and, and start holding on to the football for 35 minutes a game. I, I just don't think that's them. Uh, but but when they did get the ball moving in the air last week, Eric, it was Marvin Mims. And I think he's the guy you can count on. I mean, when he gets into space, he looks like that dude. But behind him, Drake Stoops has had a good start. Uh, I think the guy everyone's looking at is Jalil Farouk. And, and he's been spoken about this week. It's just He's got to have patience because it's going to come for him. Do you think we see that maybe in Lincoln? I think so. I'm really surprised. If you would have told me going to Lincoln, Farouk really hasn't had an impact on the offense, I would have been stunned. And they did take a deep shot with him. They're trying to get him the ball. So I I think that's one player, if you could really get him going, it really makes that offense more dynamic. So I think that's a key. And while we're throwing numbers out, another key stat for Oklahoma is they – haven't had a turnover. I mean, knock on wood, Oklahoma fans. I'm mid- <laughs> I'm jinxing. I'm jinxing, jinxing your team. I'm going to mark that one for yeah, when uh, they fumble in the first quarter. Exactly. So I, I think that's the key. And that's what some of the Dylan Gabriel and Brent Venables mentioned this week during their press conferences. They said that, you know, ball security has been really good and, and true. I mean, Oklahoma's plus three. Um, Billy Bowman with a really nice strip, strip and recovery. And then J- Justin Harrington with the interception. So, uh, I, I think that, you know, if you can stay clean on that side, take advantage of, of your offensive possessions, that's key. And that's key for any coach or any offense, too. So I think that's big, been big as well. Well, I asked Jaden Davis about that forced fumble because he was right there with Billy Bowman. They don't give out. It's not like a sack where you can get a half, half of a forced fumble. But I just asked him, I said, you were right there. And he kind of smiled and he was like, I was happy for Billy. It's a team stat, this, that. And then it was like a dot, dot, dot in his answer. And he goes, but I texted Bill and said it should have been a half because he was right there for it. But um, shoot, Jaden Davis has gotten off to a really good start. And he was a guy, I think, 
Um, you know, some were surprised to, to see that he was going to be the starting guy, but he started well. Well, we're at the numbers. One more. And this, to me, blew me away just because how could – when you consider how much Nebraska struggled through two weeks and then you have this stat, they kind of don't make sense. They are eighth in the nation in third down offense and converting on third down, 24, 40, 60%. They're up there with, like, Georgia, um, which is just so hard to believe. But, you know, when, when Kent State had its success last week in the first half, it, for as much as we're talking about how great the OU defense has played, they struggled on third down. The, the golden flashes were six of 11 on third down in the first half and they were moving the ball. And so that, I think actually we, if we think that OU can maybe meet their spread this week and whether it's 11, 17, somewhere in between something that might stop them from getting there would be if Casey Thompson, and this offense, if they can move the ball and keep the defense on the field with these third downs, that to me is part of that recipe for an upset. Um, for, for, the, for the Huskers. So I guess it comes to the point that we're almost done with this podcast. Where you, what do we think is going to happen in Lincoln? I'll, I'll go first on this one. I, I just think Oklahoma is going to win the game. I think it's going to be a game that goes into the fourth quarter. It's going to be tough. We're, you know, we're going to find out a lot about this Oklahoma team with their road mentality and playing in a hostile environment. I mean, they're, they're not getting eased into things. This is going to be a tough place to play. Uh, but I think Oklahoma is going to control it. I, I think uh, – you know, I, I think special teams is going to make an impact in some way, a return, a long return, you know, maybe a return for a touchdown. I just got a feeling that special teams, they've been close. They've been on the cusp these first two games. Billy Bowman is really showing what kind of how dynamic he can be with the football in his hand. So I just got a feeling that uh, that's my prediction. I'm going to say special teams is going to make some kind of big play that's really going to help turn this momentum into Oklahoma's favor. I think Oklahoma wins. I don't know if they cover I think it's going to be you know if you're if you're Brent Venables you're probably happy to walk out with a uh, seven point win so but I, I think it's one of those games I think it's going to be a good a good test for Oklahoma and I think they come out on top gosh I think it's only a matter of time before Billy Bowman or Marvin Mims and I don't know who's going to be first but one of them just breaks that last tackle and they're gone because they look really dangerous in the return game but I, I'm, I'm with you I've watched enough European soccer football Eric <laughs> we're trying to pull you in to know that the new manager bounce is a real thing. In over overseas, you, you sack a manager, you bring a new guy in, no matter how much disarray you're in those first three, four games, there's something <laughs> there. And I, I, something tells me that the vibes on the whole, shaky situation in Lincoln right now, but on the whole are going to feel like that, that Saturday is going to be about rallying and, and there's going to be plenty of fight. I have no doubt about that. And we know that the Huskers, they're famous. Scott Frost became famous for losing them. They play a lot of close games, a lot of one-score games. So I think they will keep it close. But um, I, I think into that fourth quarter is when you see OU break away, and whether it's with that special teams play, maybe a, a turnover on defense. I, I just think they're going to be too much, and I don't think Nebraska's, Nebraska's own defense is going to be enough over 60 minutes to, to hold this offense down. They haven't All proven right. anything to me yet. <laughs> All right. Well, Lincoln, Lincoln here we come. Uh... Eli and me will be there. Uh, Garen Emig, our Postal World columnist, has joined us, as well as Ian Mall, who is probably the most underrated photographer in the country. He does a great job, man. Ian's you got the A-team. Yeah, the A-team. So all, Nebraska. all four of us jumping in. I think we're getting a minivan from a rental car company, and we're going to be headed north to Lincoln, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, be sure and subscribe to all your Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast. Eli and I will have a lot of content, TulsaWorld.com as well as Garen. So thanks for watching and we'll, we'll catch up next week.